0: You're listening to The Product Edge, and I'm Jade Bennett, Australia's leading product management recruitment expert, founder of Middleton Executive, and a professional development and mindset coach. In this podcast, I take you on a journey into the minds of exceptional product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, and hustlers. In each episode, I introduce you to experts in their field, and my mission is to help every product professional level up and reach their full potential by providing you with the skills, insights, and tools that you need to excel in your career and gain your product edge. Joining me today is Steve Forbes. Over the last 15 years, Steve has worked with some of Australia's largest organizations such as NAB, ANZ, Telstra and Australia Post to bring their ideas to life. Steve is passionate about building innovative products which deliver great user experiences and leverage new and emerging technologies. Welcome to the Product Edge, Steve.
1: Thanks, Jade. Thanks for having me.
0: Excellent. Really excited to be exploring how we can better evaluate new product ideas with you. But before we jump into that, do you want to give us a bit of background on yourself?
1: Uh, yeah, no problem. So um, yeah, thanks for the introduction. Like you said, I've been around the digital space around 15 years. I've done, wore a lot of hats in that time. Um, current. What I'm working on is Zienta. So Zienta is a um, startup IT consultancy. Um, I've been, I'm have been i working with two partners that um, I've worked with in the past, and now we've started bringing on some extra team members as well. It's been exciting. Um, it's been a bit of a challenge as well, though, given the last 12 months what we've been living through. So um, it's been a lot of fun. But, um, yeah, essentially we've all come from a tech background, um, especially in the sort of enterprise platform space, have a lot of experience across technical architecture, cloud infrastructure, DevOps, site reliability, that sort of things, Um, mobile and web development, which is sort of my background area. But um, I guess I took a bit of a pivot in my career about five years ago where I got a bit more focused on the customer and the strategic side of things. And um, yeah, so my current role is the head of product, innovation, user experience. So I look after the more upfront work, I guess it's, um, I'd like to think it's a bit more iterative and together these days. But, yeah, I guess it's more that strategic upfront thinking. Um, and that's, yeah, kind of been what, what I'm doing now.
0: Fantastic. So you're really passionate about new product development. And this is an area that fascinates me and, and one I discuss a lot with with product leaders and, and product folk. What does good product development look like to you, Steve?
1: Yeah, I think this is the... Um, Age-old question around product management. It's kind of, I think, product development for me is it's, it's a bit of a balance. It's um, there's always a tipping point on one whatever scale of things. I guess um, you know, we've all heard of the desirability, fi- feasibility, and viability. But I think over the last, especially in the last twelve months, um, we've seen that sort of fourth capability come into play, which is adaptability. And um, I think great product development for me, is putting customers at the centre of decisions um, and trying to find that product market fit. But you've also got to balance that with finding and sustaining a a business model that works. Um, Yeah, these days I think we're always in that constant state of change and um, what was cool or deemed a good user experience 12 months ago can quickly fall out of favour whenever the next house party or TikTok launches. Um, And, you know, like there's always external factors that are changing too, like government regulation or new competitors entering. So it's, it's finding that balance and adapting to change and, and, and yeah. And I think great product management to me is, is managing all of that. It's um, being across the things. um, I think technology in particular is one area where we do see a lot of change and, um, that landscape's always changing and every time Apple or Google or Microsoft or any of the big players introduce a new technology, it it changes what's possible. Um, Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So when you talk about adaptability sort of coming in more recently, are you talking about the sort of adaptive soft skills of product professionals?
1: Yeah, well, I don't just limit it to product professionals. I think everyone is becoming more adaptable. I think if you think about even just the way we used to approach strategy or um, business planning, you know, we did a lot of, I don't want to say waterfall, but it it was waterfall, right. Um, Where we did a lot of big upfront planning might've put together a five year strategic plan. Um, And now I think we're seeing that sort of the time horizons. You can't live a plan for five years. You need to almost think about strategy on a daily basis where it's, um, a set of assumptions or a set of hypotheses that you're setting out to validate and you're you're testing iteratively and that sort of thing. I think um, yeah, I think we all need to learn to be more adaptable in our work and, and and also look outside our businesses to see and sense and scan for change and and then make quick decisions. I think the companies that are able to um, succeed these days are the ones that can learn quickly. And make changes to their plans.
0: I couldn't agree more with that. And I think if the last 12 months has taught us anything, it is it is that adaptability and, and that word that was used a lot last year, pivot, um, yep. came came up a lot. So with um, companies wanting to focus more and more on being able to systematically build and develop great products to, to get that competitive advantage, what role do you think product managers need to play?
1: I think um, product manager, product management is such a broad role. It really depends on a lot of the context around the person. Um, there's no straightforward answer to being a product manager. Um, I think the maturity of the team, the maturity of the product, the company culture, the strategic objectives, all these sorts of things, they all feed into the role that the product manager needs to do on a day-to-day basis. Um, in some environments, the product, management, product manager needs to be more of an external facing uh, role and takes on that responsibility of representing the customer and and sets the big picture vision and strategy and and is more market facing. Um, in other environments, team the team will need more guidance and they'll need to be a bit more hands-on and deep in the decision-making of the product and sort of getting involved in the, you know, the requirements and the tracking delivery progress and all that sort of stuff. So again, I don't know that there's really that strong answer um, there. I think that's again where adaptability comes into play. I think a product manager is needs to be master of that sort of thing, read the landscape see, um, and see where it goes. I think the other thing there is around the stage of the product. In an early stage product, um, the product manager probably needs to be leading that uh, customer research, experimentation, that real deep product validation. Um, but in a more mature product, you know, they might be looking more at optimization of the product and, and um, getting the most out of it and looking at funnels and, and those sorts of things. They all come hand in hand, but I think there's a lot of context that comes into the role.
0: I love that answer because I think, you know, in my company, Middleton Executive, when we're recruiting product folk for, for companies, that there is a lot of confusion around the role that a product manager plays versus a product owner. Should they be more externally focused? Um, and I think having that context for each business and really taking the time to understand where their product is in the life cycle will help better define position descriptions and requirements. So when they go to market, you know, it, it is clearer on what's um what people are ultimately after one thing that i love to to ask is um, there's a huge debate at the moment around how technical pms need to be now you yourself obviously are, are very technical do you feel that product managers do need to come from a, a technical background be it software development engineering or, or do you sit in the camp um, where they need to be sort of more the commercial business focus
1: like you said, I'm I'm quite technical, so probably not the best person to ask, but uh, I think, look, I, I don't think technical skills are a critical skill for a product manager. Um, of course, if it's a tech PM or a pr- platform PM role, obviously that's going to need more of a technical um, background. Uh, but I think the beauty of the product management role is that everyone comes from a different background and um, some are going to be that technology delivery background some will be more customer focused and may have even come from a marketing or um, ux cx background or then there's the the business tilt like bas and analysts that end up in the product role um i think technology certainly helps when it comes to talking with your um, developers and and building rapport and, and translating ideas into software concepts that that definitely helps But there's also a balance there as well because you don't want to tell developers how they how to do their job. Um, At the end of the day, I'm I'm very passionate about autonomous product teams and and bottom-up software delivery and and creating the right environment for anyone to um, give input. Um, And I think every team these days has a tech lead, right? So you need to call on them and and rely on them for input and and help them. Get involved with product decisions
0: so absolutely absolutely and that's um a conversation that i think is going to mature as as product matures locally around how how technical a pm does need to be um, which i'm always fascinated by because i get such different answers from everybody that that i ask so i, I love that and, and you touched on there you know some of the essential skills that that product folk should have being in your own startup and, um, and, and working with enterprise companies on building products, what do you think are some of the essential skills that that product folks should be looking to acquire or develop going forward?
1: I think um, there's a few skills that will really differentiate a product manager. I think if you like there's there's all the base level requirements for the role, like you know, being able to look at customer um requirements and then turning that into a roadmap and that sort of stuff but i think i mean the biggest one is communication and influence um, also known as negotiation i guess in in the product role i think it's it's not uncommon uncommon for a um, product manager to be in a meeting one minute talking about styling decisions and and what button should be on what screen and then next minute be in a Meeting talking about strategy and financial performance, right? And um, whether it's a developer, a designer, or you're even your CEO, there's going to be a level of communication and, and negotiation required that will help you get the outcomes you want from the product. Um, in that sort of communication realm, I also think the um, product manager role is becoming more and more of a facilitator. And so, having um, having the skills or the, the ideas to to quickly put together a workshop and um, get everyone together in a room and thrash out some ideas and create alignment is really, really critical. And um, actually, even if people aren't product managers and they're listening to the podcast, um, I think facilitation is one of those skills, which it's going to be like a career superpower over the next decade. I think more and more, we're changing the ways we're working and especially in a remote environment. And the more people can bring people together and create alignment that's a big going going to become a like a yeah super skill um
0: i agree but, with that one
1: yeah so the the second sort of area i think will really differentiate a product manager is that's more strategic and business model focus um, so having the ability to to talk up to with senior stakeholders and communicate your product decisions and translate that into ha- the The business strategy is going to really help from a support and and, and developing, um, yeah, developing support with with the people around you. Um, I think it's it's always much more powerful to present a product roadmap um, when it comes with the the decisions behind that roadmap. It's like, hey, here's the things we're going to do, and this is why we've chosen those things. That it, it, it's super critical there. Um, I'm a big fan of the strategizer sort of toolkits. Um, I think I discovered the um, business model canvas around 2014. And I actually, after that, read the, the business model generation book. And I, I think that was, if, if there's one book that changed my career, that's the, the book I would pin it on. And I, and I think their toolkits are a great way to sort of articulate your your business model and get people, people thinking beyond the solution. And thinking about, you know, how does this tie into the business? How are we going to create revenue? What's the income streams? What's the expenses, et cetera? Do we need to buy or build? All of those sorts of things.
0: And what was the name of that book again?
1: Uh, business Model Generation.
0: Okay, fantastic. We'll include the, the link to that um, in the show notes. And um, you talked there about a lot of the, the soft skills. And it's interesting because when I'm talking to an interviewing product folks you know they always ask how they can upskill and i think a lot of people focus on perhaps some of the the, the technical skills they can acquire whether it's around um, data or cloud or or various certifications and I think now more than ever it is those soft skills it's the ability to influence and negotiate uh, the the art of storytelling and um and and I think sometimes that can be can be missed so I'm really pleased to hear you say you know focusing on those um, soft skills will will help people going forward.
1: Yeah I think I think the um the technical skills like around you know, customer research, value propositions, all that sort of stuff. I think super critical, right? Like you can't do the job without them. But what's going to take a product manager beyond um, just like the normal product manager, I guess, is is some of those soft skills. It's that, you know, product management is. I think of it as like herding the cats, or you know, it's you know, you've got to get everyone in a room, you've got to create that alignment, um, you've got to get yeah. Those people skills are really really critical.
0: Absolutely. And I guess, you know, new product development is, is huge at the moment, you know, the startup community is, is buoyant. You've also got enterprise organizations that are trying to become more product centric businesses with your depth of experience working with startups and enterprise. Do you think new product development is, is done well, or there's room for improvement? What does that look like?
1: There's always room for improvement. <laughs> I, I, um, look, startups and enterprises are completely different beasts. Um, the way a startup works and the way an enterprise works um, fundamentally should be the same, but they're very, very different, again, because of the context of the organization. Um, startups can move a bit faster because they don't have that burden of, you know, the extra people and and, and so on. and. Corporates also have a lot more investment that they can make, often, and and that can be both good and bad for the product. Um, so, yeah, where, where, is it being done effectively? Um, yeah, in, in the local environment, um, yeah, there are some companies that are doing it really well. Um, it's a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of hard work as well. Um, and I think that's where a lot of organisations are, are starting to learn. You know. Um, New product development is inherently risky. Um, there's a going back to strategizer. There's a study that they use often, which is um, that that they found that one only one in a fifty hundred thousand dollar venture capital projects was went on to be a super success. So if you factor that into your decision making around um, okay as a, as a large organization trying to get the most out of our innovation program or product development program you know it, it's about creating quantity and um, that's where I don't see um, large organizations getting to that point yet I think there's still too many projects that kick off because someone's had an idea and it runs on and it gets a business case and then it gets 12 months worth of funding and then then it continues and um, you know once you're in that cycle it's it's quite hard and and I don't think sometimes that's conducive to good early stage product development um, but there are some companies that do it have done it well
0: um, yeah okay and that leads me on um to my next question you know the pace of of tech change at the moment is is ridiculous and i imagine you know these whether you're an enterprise company or a startup you if you're a founder or product person. You must be having new product ideas all the time. So what what is the process that you would take to evaluate these ideas? Because like you said, you know, not every idea is a good idea and should be um, brought into the market or, or even developed. How do you evaluate new ideas?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, um, there's no one-size-fits-all process, I think, because the context, again, every organization will have its its pros and cons and things that work well. Um however, I guess loosely speaking, there's a pattern I, I commonly advise people. Um, so the first step is what you just said, right? There's no there's no shortage of ideas in organizations. So it's about identifying the opportunity and and then looking at what's been done today on that idea and quantifying the amount of risk or or validation that's been done on it. Um, to 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 filter out the ideas that um, may not have have done enough work yet to get it up to the point, right? But then, the first place I would normally start is the business model. I would um, look at you know all those big decisions: are we going to buy? Are we going to build? Are we going to partner? What's the value propositions? What's the customer? Um, how are we going to go to market? What channels? All those sorts of things, um, and that doesn't need to be a big war and peace document. That you know, which might have done in the past with a business plan. It can be as simple as a business model canvas and having a few of those as a prototype, fleshing to flesh out some ideas about strategy A or strategy B. Um, Then I'd probably deep dive down on the customer. So I'd spend some time documenting what we know about a potential customer um, or what we think we know, I should say, Um, look at their, what they're trying to achieve. What's the job to be done there and um, the, current pains or blockers that might be getting them in their way. And then then you would start leading into some solution design and coming up with some ideas about how you might be able to solve some of the problems that that customer has. Um, And now throughout the whole process, whilst it might be a short, lean process, there's a lot of assumptions that get made. And so it's then going back through, document all the assumptions, pick out the things that you think are going to be critical to the success of the project. And then that I guess it leads into the fun bit, which is designing experiments. Um, so thinking through, okay, we've got an assumption that customers have this really key pain. How can we resolve that? How can we validate that that's actually true? So it might be as simple as having a customer interview, um, or it might be as complex as you know standing up a fake stall in a in a shop and getting people to to walk past and take a sample you know it might be yeah there's different ranges of um, experiment and some are really strong from an evidence perspective and some are quite weak so um, customer interviews are quite good from a speed we can have an interview really quickly but you know what people say and what people do are quite often different Um, and I guess then you know off the experiments we'd have a bunch of insights which will lead to decisions and then we iterate and we go through that process and I think um, I was chatting to a founder this morning who's having some um, product issues and and yeah I, I said don't don't forget you're an early stage product the focus isn't on generating revenue now it's mac- about maximizing learning um, so as many times through that you can get through that process in a short period of time the more benefit you'll get the more learning you come out with then the richer the MVP and then you know, ultimately at some point the business model will take over and, and you'll start to be able to scale your business.
0: Okay. And you mentioned there um, iterating and that's a, a word that comes up a, a lot in, in product iteration, iterating. And I recently recorded an episode with Radhika Dutt and she was talking about this concept that she's came up with, um, which she calls pivotitis, which I was fascinated by. Um, and, and, and she believes that, you know, product management has become too iteration led do do you see that sort of new product development or product management has become too iteration led instead of being vision driven
1: yeah great question I think um, look visions are really important Uh, I think without a vision you lose that sense of urgency it's really good for unifying the team it's and binding people together I mean I guess the the common example here is, you know, the JFK, we're going to put people on the moon in 10 years. Um, it, all that happened before agile was even a thing or iterative development was a thing. Um, we still landed a person on the moon. Um, there wasn't any, um, you know, but at the same time, it was Apollo 11, not Apollo 1 that got us there. So mm-hmm. there was a level of iteration involved. Um, so I, th- I think there's a lot of factors that lead to success. Um, you can't lead a product without a vision. I think that lack of alignment will lead, end up with people heading in all sorts of directions and and, and confusion. But equally, I don't think you can ship a product perfectly on day one. Um, even the biggest companies like Apple struggle with that. Um, their version of Maps wasn't very good on day one, but it's it's getting to a point now where it's it's quite competitive with Google Maps, so... Yeah, I, I don't think there's a one or the other. It's always, yet yeah, a bit of both. Um, yeah, but I, I do agree with Radhika I think um, there is a bit too much sometimes of the, the, you know, hey, we've got to iterate, we've got to iterate, we've got to iterate. It's, um, yeah, you should I think that's where p- pivoting your, your product is a big deal. Um, uh, but you should have a vision that's anchored on customer customer what what's the what's the success that you're trying to drive for that customer your your vision for your company shouldn't be pivoting it, it should be should remain fairly stable at all times now how you achieve that vision that's where the pivoting might come in but that 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 product vision should stay fairly anchored
0: and with your depth of experience with different companies coaching them and helping them do you think companies are vision driven enough and um, I know from my experience interviewing hundreds if not thousands of, of product folk over the years vision doesn't really come up and after this conversation with with Radhika I've um I've actually put that in as a pop standard interview question now that I uh-huh. that I ask Do do you think Products and companies that they are anchored to their vision enough, or is it a, a one and done? They come up with this lovely tagline and a vision, and it kind of gets stuck on a wall. But how often in reality are you revisiting that and making sure that you are still aligned?
1: Well, I think that also again depends on the size of the company. The smaller product companies, I think they do that really well. So you look locally in Melbourne, um, you know, the REAs, the seeks, the car sales, those sorts of things, right? They have they've done that. Really well um, over time, Um, but and and the enterprise companies—it's—it's—it's interesting because for an enterprise company, um, I'm just going to pick a bank, right? You know, their vision um, or their product development might not have the opportunity to influence the vision as much, right? Okay, the products should be helping a company vision, but it's—it's—it's hard in a big corporate to get the true product led visionary sort of thing. Actually the, I guess, actually the last product I worked on at Australia Post, which was Digital ID, was the closest I've worked on a true product team within a large scale enterprise that, I mean, that was spun up early in the early days as a separate sort of, um, it had its own team and its own office and it was very, um, very sort of product startup feel. Um, and that, yeah, that was um, probably the closest I found that. So there are there are companies that are starting to get it and, and do it. Um, but yeah, I guess no. In general, I haven't seen the enterprise guys do it as much. Um, still a little bit of enterprise top down um, feature team where you know things are fed to the team to keep them busy a little bit. Um, and, I, and I don't think some of the enterprise agile frameworks help with that as well. I think there are. Um yeah, we we've we've almost got too good at agile and not good enough at customer centricity, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of counterintuitive, I guess, because one of the core tenants of Agile is that customer centricity. So yeah, I, I think that said, like things are moving very quick, as you said, in the tech world. Um I think there's a lot of smart people working on a lot of big projects and and things are changing. So I'm happy to be proven wrong in that space. I'd love to hear about other projects going going on in Melbourne that, that are doing things really well.
0: And I think that is, is evolving and, and again, maturing as companies try to become more, more product led, even that the enterprise companies are s- spinning up their own product led startups within uh, the enterprise. So I think that's definitely evolving. And you talked a little bit there about team structure and what that looks like. What does, um, I guess an ideal team structure look like to ensure it is product centric?
1: Um, well, I think at a minimum, you need that coverage. So you need the tech, you need the ba- uh, business, and you need that customer centricity. Um, you need, and I think the important thing there is actually you need to make sure that there's a, there's a balance of power. I think there's a good analogy that product development is the balancing, it's a stool with three legs. And if one leg gets too, too long, but the, the whole thing topples over, right? Now, balance of power doesn't mean that the numbers in the team are always the same. I think it's unrealistic to have one product manager per developer and there's some some ratios out there. I know if you read Marty Kagan's book inspired he's got some numbers um, that he recommends um, but it, coming back to the context again, some products will need more tech some people um, some products will need more customers customer focus and 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 the stage of the product again will shift that over time. Um, I do think the two pizza team still sort of should remain except maybe in my team it's three pizza pizzas it's kind of like arch nemesis when, when it comes to diet um, mm. but um, I guess as a rule uh, the bigger the team the more more communications required so keeping things small in um, enables the team to move faster make make quicker decisions you know you don't need to have a committee making product choices it's it's yeah keep the team small and then just get them going and and yeah empower them allow them to make um, teams now you're not all organizations are going to work that way so it's not always possible Um, and then it comes down to how you slice the work and slicing work across several teams can become a bit of a headache so there's um yeah there's some interesting work out there around that and how you how you should do that there's a book team topologies that came out um think a couple of years ago. Um, they've got a really interesting idea about slicing teams so that you create flow for downstream. So um, that's led to some interesting new roles emerging, mm-hmm. such as um, product platform product management and developer experience. So the idea is that you separate that sort of front-end and back-end logic. And- yeah. ah,
0: interesting. I'll have to um, have a look at that book my, myself. So, Steve, I'm a product manager and I'm sitting here thinking, okay, I want to better evaluate my product ideas going forward. What would be your top one or two two tricks, tips to to sort of set me on the right path?
1: Uh, Well, I mean, this sounds stupid but, like, actually test them. Um, Test uh, like a lot of organisations or a lot of product people are still not getting out and talking to customers. Um, So... I guess do whatever you can to get them in front of customers as early as possible. Um, don't wait for the perfect polished product. Um, you know, you can test a value proposition in a statement. You don't need to wait until there's actually something there to back it up. Obviously showing us don't tell us is like that's always a bit more powerful, but you know, have, have interviews, build it into your schedules. I, I'm always a fan of having, you know, Friday afternoons reserved for customer interviews. So that you're always testing your ideas and and getting those things in front of people and and fleshing the earlier you do it, the more enriched your product will be. Um, But yeah, like also factor in like interviews, like I mentioned before, they're weak data points. So think of other ways can you test, uh, whether it's building a PDF brochure or a um, using Google search trends, you know, get as much data points as you can early and, and yeah, just feed that into your process.
0: I love that and I must admit it, it, it blows my mind when I am talking to product folks and I'm interviewing uh, product managers How how few actually do interact with their customers, and um, for some reason or another, their their company doesn't allow the product people to to get in front of customers. And I think um, that that definitely needs to change and uh, mature here in Australia.
1: Yeah, I think um, a lot of the large organisations, especially, they often have enterprise sales teams. And that can be a challenge when it comes to getting in front of customers and it's kind of like a guarded relationship. Um, there are some things you can do there. I, I've, um, you know, asked the sales guys, hey, can I just take along? You can You can drive the meeting, but I just want to sit and listen. Is that okay? Um, yeah, getting that in front. The other thing is um, if you can't talk to your customer, what else can you do um, to, to do it? And, you know, um, again, I think there's a lot of mature maturity that needs to be developed in this space as well and, and understanding the role of the product manager versus understanding the role of marketing and, and sales and those other aspects um, and then also even just brand protection sometimes how do you run an experiment where you're not going to harm a hundred year old organization um things things like that you need to think through um, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of work, I guess. Absolutely. And that's the exciting part about this role, in, especially in Australia. I think it's a developing, developing space.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Steve, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you today. Thank you so much for coming on the Product Edge and sharing your insights and experience with us. How can we stay connected with you going forward?
1: Well, um, so I, I guess the, the the easiest one is I run a monthly meetup with the team at Brainmates. Um, so if you jump on meetup.com and search for Product Talks Melbourne, um, please do come along. Um, it'd be great to have everyone join us. And yeah, we've had some fantastic speakers over the last um, 12 months. So yeah, I mean, that's the easiest way. Otherwise, yes, I'm on LinkedIn. So linkedin.com slash Steve well, Forbes. And, um, you know, our website Zienta.io. The and then I also have my own personal blog at steveforbes.com.au.
0: Excellent. We'll include all the, the links to that in our show notes. And then lastly, what would be your one piece of advice for product managers?
1: Um I think my last piece of advice for product managers is nothing related to doing the job. I think it's around your career management and and also developing the product management practice in Australia. I think it's really important for product managers to leave a breadcrumb trail of their work over time. Um, so if if something happens in your work that's really good or you get a successful outcome, um, write a blog about it. Write a, write a LinkedIn post about it because I think the world needs more product thinking, whether it's in a formal product management role or not. I think the work that we do is really important and the more we can spread that knowledge amongst others, is it's going to make a better place for all of us.
0: Such a great piece of advice and and tip there. Definitely need more product people locally at all levels, just sharing their experiences with a simple blog. Um, I love that. Steve, you have been great. Thank you again for coming on the Product Edge.
1: Thanks again for having me. And yeah, look forward to talking again in the future.
0: Thank you for listening to The Product Edge brought to you by Middleton Executive. You can head to productedge.com.au to subscribe to Australia's number one podcast for all things product management. I would love for you to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Until next time, I look forward to introducing you to more product leaders, entrepreneurs, creators, and hustlers who will share their insights and experiences to help you level up and reach your full potential.